Jazakallah khair. Um, Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, dear viewers. Um, uh, the introduction obviously explained, although my poster initially did say school and college leavers, um, apprenticeship now applies to a, a wider age group anyway. Um, and, and it is important that, you know, um, in particular for young people, but if you are older and looking for opportunities, it's still worthy of looking at opportunities that are, are there. Um, and throughout the throughout the presentation that I do, I will explain um, apprenticeships and, and what they're about. Um, and then people can sort of make decisions based on um, the organizations, uh, the companies, and different, different forms of uh, jobs and opportunities that are there. Um, that people can people can make choices that way as well. Um, again, like like I said, this is my third session, um, and I wanted to sort of um, sort of wrap it up because part of the um, the objectives that I had at the beginning was to give an overall picture of the opportunities and options that are out there, and then in the second session I talked about university. Um, and if I, could, if I may, I just spend two minutes touching on that. And the reason why I did university earlier on is because now in November, most people at college applying for universities should be, should have completed their personal statements by now and hopefully started an application process. Um, and some colleges will have deadlines, internal deadlines <clears throat> for people to complete uh, application personal statements around this time. And so it's important that I did that, was it possibly about four or five weeks ago? Um, <clears throat> and if anybody has questions at the end, based on personal statements or, or university applications, I, I can take that at the end. But predominantly today is, is about um, jobs and apprenticeships. Um, <clears throat> so I will bring my uh, presentations um, on first. <clears throat> um, Martin, uh, is that okay? Can you can you see that? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. <clears throat> okay, so Bismillah. Um, apprenticeship has become a, a wider option. I think it's become quite favorable favorable option actually for 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 many many people, predominantly young people. And as I go along, it will become apparent the reason why um, apprenticeship have become um, a, 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 you know, a, a pick for, for quite a lot of young people. Basically, an apprenticeship is a word that has been it's been on it's been there for since since when I was young. Um, it is a job, and as you as you can read from there, an apprenticeship gives you a hands-on experience. So it is a job. You get paid for the work that you do. And you're getting, you're getting a qualification as well at the same time with the employer that you get um, employed by, all right? So uh, it's a job, you get paid for the job and you continue to study while you're in the job um, at different levels. And again, I'll come to that uh, in a minute. Um, even now, uh, and this is where it's become really, really popular, some employers are even offering a degree uh, through through an apprenticeship as well. It's called uh, uh, level four or degree apprenticeships, um, which again, I'll talk about. 
And the reason why it's become so popular is some big name companies, international, national companies, uh, even even local companies are offering some really good apprenticeship package, um, which are really attractive for young people. Um, um, so it's become uh, probably one of the choices that young people make. Um, so that's basically a, a definition of what an apprenticeship is. Types of apprenticeships. Now, like I said, it, it is a job. So most employers, I would say 95% of employers would offer you an apprenticeship um, or a job with training. Basically, it's a job with training. I've just given some examples there. So if you are young school leaver, college leaver, or left college and looking for opportunities, there are a range of different types of apprenticeships, different occupations. Um, and I've just listed some there. Hopefully if this works, I found a really good website um, which might take us there, which I can just show hopefully. Um, yeah. Um, Morgan, is that, can, can you see that, yeah? No, no, I think um, you're presenting just the PowerPoint, so it's not, it's not showing. Oh my, that. okay, sorry, no, that's fine, that's fine. Um, let me just come off that again, sorry. Okay, so basically, um, yeah, you can uh, opt for an apprenticeship in business and finance and accounting, customer service, retail, warehousing, engineering, construction, and, and there are a range of different other, other occupations that you can uh, apply for. So depending what you are interested in, what young people is interested in, you can have a look at different opportunities within all these uh, different occupations. Um, and I wanted to show different um, on this website, but you can have a look at yourself. So if you are watching, people can have a look at some of these and find out what these are about. But some of these titles are quite obvious. Um, business and finance is working in an office. You learn about the business, answering telephone calls, um, <clears throat> filing, uh, working with others, um, making phone calls, dealing with customers, um, accounting, um, retail is, is working in shops, um, serving customers, um, <clears throat> warehousing, IT can include IT, working on computers, software as well, um, and software engineers. Then you've got engineering construction, which, um, which obviously is the next topic for a couple of weeks time anyway. Um, so there are a range of different, different opportunities within an apprenticeship. I think this is the important bit. I think people um, not realizing uh, an apprenticeship can be at different levels. And how do you decide? How do you at 16, 17, 18 decide what level of apprenticeship? So when you see an apprenticeship advertised, it will tell you whether it's a level two, level three, or possibly even a level four and five, five higher apprenticeships. Level two tends to be at GCSE level. So if you see a, a level two apprenticeship advertised, it's, it's at the GCSE standard level. All right. Level three is advanced. So that is A-level or a B-tech um, advanced level three um, um, qualification. Level four, um, like it says, it's a degree. It's, it's, it's above um, uh, A-level programme. 
So you've got your intermediate, advanced and higher. Most school leavers would usually apply for an intermediate because that's where you normally start off. Because as a school leaver, you've not had many opportunities of world of work. So most employers would normally start you off on level two. However, if you've got good GCSEs at school, there are some opportunities at level three for school leavers. If you're 18 and leaving college, because you've already gained a level three qualification, hopefully A-levels or a BTEC, then you're already at level three. So you'll be applying at level three. However, some um, apprenticeships may start you off at level two, okay? And I'm trying to give you examples like accounting or, um, or joinery or plumbing. It's because if you've done A-levels and BTECs, you may not have touched on some of the subject areas. So they sometimes start you off at level two, even if you've got a level three qualifications. So in the main, you start off at level three, but some occupation areas may say, right, we want you to get the basic understanding at level two, and within six months, eight months, you move on to level three. So it all depends on the employer and the occupation you choose whether some employers will put you straight onto level two or start you off at level, sorry, start level three or start you off at level two. Um, and then the level four is for people who've already attained uh, um, a level program, level three uh, qualifications. Um, so BTEC advanced level, level three or a level program. So the next progression would be a foundation degree or a higher um, level qualifications. I'm going to come back to that because on my next slide or a few slides away, um, I talk about um, higher level apprenticeship. So these are the main levels. I think you can go higher than five anyway, but these are the main level two, level three and level four um, qualifications. So who offers, like I said earlier, 90, 95% of employers will offer an apprenticeship. The reason for that is the government is, is really pushing uh, for young people to be employed. They are also, the government's also uh, providing um, financial incentive um, to organizations, to companies to take on apprentices as well, okay? So it's in the interest of, of employers to take on young people because it's financially benefit. And the government recognized in many organizations um, the workforce was getting older and the new intake, the young people weren't coming through. So they were really pushing for organizations to be taking on young people, young apprentices. So they are obviously then the future of that organization. So most employers um, uh, will offer an apprenticeship. From large international organizations to small corner uh, shop businesses as well. So some high street businesses, some uh, businesses that you see in, 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 in your towns, plus you know, the large organizations. And I've listed a few there, British Aerospace, um, Civil Service, um, which I think Brother Mosdin is, he, he worked for. And I've seen a lot of opportunities there. KPMG and the big four that was talked about um, a few weeks ago, BT, the county councils, 
um, high street retailers, small shops. So it ranges from, you know, from all these organisations. So, you know, most organisations will offer uh, an apprenticeship. Um, okay, so um, when, when, when do people apply? If you are a year 11 pupil, um, you might think it's a bit early because I've still got my mock exams to do or might, I might be doing them now. Um, I'm not even in January. Some employers, not many, but <clears throat> some employers, especially like British Aerospace and some big companies, start recruiting about now um, because the process is quite a long process. Again, I'll explain that in, in, in a few slides. So they start advertising now. By the time their closing date is possibly January, February, then they have a process. And by the time they employ two, three, four, five people that they want to employ, it's gonna be May before they employ somebody. So the process of advertising starts now. So school leavers and college leavers, if you are interested, you should start looking at websites um, uh, about, about now. If you are interested in look, uh, working for an organisation like British Aerospace um, or some civil service or any other or KPMG, you should go on their websites and have a look because there should be a mention of apprenticeships. It will give you an explanation for each job that's been advertised, what the job is about, so you can read up on, on those jobs and then how to apply as well, okay? So, you know, you should start looking now because some employers uh, are, are sort of advertising right now. However, you'll see more and more come on board around January, February time. So start looking now, but January, February, March time, there should be a lot more coming on board um, for September 21 start. The reason for that, and I mentioned that, is because obviously if you're still at school or college, you won't finish till June, July until you've done your, your exam. So the start date won't be till um, uh, uh, July, August, or possibly September. The reason for September is because the qualification that's attached to an apprenticeship through a college or through a university starts in September. So most employers will start the apprenticeship that coincides with the qualification at college or university. Um, However, if you're not at school or not at college, and if you're 18, 19, 20, and you've been in a job and you think, you know what, I want to embark on an apprenticeship, then there are some start dates now. So if you are going on websites, and I'll, I'll, I'll come to some websites in, in a while, there are quite a few websites that you can look at. And there are some start dates for apprenticeships now um, and next month and the month after. So. Um, so people who are not in college, not in school, want to start an, uh, an apprenticeship, there is opportunity for people to start throughout the year. Um, but because obviously I wanted to mention particularly school leavers and college leavers, obviously you want to wait until you've done your exams before you, before you start your uh, apprenticeship. So apprenticeships are offered all year round <clears throat> and, and people can apply, but if you're a school or college leaver, you can start looking and make your applications now, but you can't obviously start until you finish your college um, qualifications. And the last point, I think um, this is what uh, I get asked quite a lot. Um, and most young people are a bit unsure about what they want to do. Shall I apply for, for a college place after school? 
July after college, apply for university. July apply for university and not apprenticeship. And you know, there's quite a lot of confusion in terms of um, uh, what they should be doing. I always say, and I will always say <clears throat> to my students at college that you should apply for both. Applying for university or college place is a lot, um, lot easier. Now, I know people will argue place at university is a bit tricky to apply for, but when I come to application process, it, it's actually harder to apply for a job than it is for a university place. Um, so apply because you have to apply for university place now. If you're at year 11, you have to start applying for college place around now as well. And it's a lot easier to gain your place by the time you get to January for a university or college. So by January, it's all done and dusted for a university and college. And then you just wait around. But in the meantime, it's worth then keeping an eye out and keeping looking for an apprenticeship. Okay. If you then get an apprenticeship, if you like something and you see and you apply and you get the apprenticeship, then the ball is in your court. You can say to the university, thank you very much for my place. I've got an apprenticeship. I won't need my place at university. And then you start your apprenticeship. So what I'm trying to say, the ball's in your court. If you apply for both, at least you are virtually guaranteed. Most places at university should be given to you. Um, I find that um, most people who apply for university will tend to get their place, um, apart from a few exceptions. Most people who apply for college tend to get a place, maybe not on the course that they want to, but they will get a place at college. So, so that's what I mean by getting a place at university and college. It's virtually guaranteed, but it might not be the subject that you want, but nevertheless, the place at college university is guaranteed by the time you get to January. And then you can continue to apply for an apprenticeship. So the ball is in your court apply for both and then when you get to June, July, August you can then decide whether you want the university place, you want the college place or you want the apprenticeship um, so the ball's in your court so I always say apply for both um, whether you you know if, if you're a little bit unsure um, and there's nothing hard there's nothing wrong with that at all and that's my advice to everybody uh, apply for both apprenticeships and college and university place. Um, I, I also thought that um, it'd, be, it'd be important to just mention peer range as well, because I know most people would want um, sometimes make the decision based on pay. And I always say that you shouldn't really, but I know it's a good incentive for, 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 for many people. It ranges from around 125 pounds. That's the minimum that we get paid for an apprenticeship. Um, right up to £300 plus per week, okay? Now, I know immediately people are attracted to the to the higher end, okay? Not many organisations. I know people like British Aerospace and, and, and a couple of other um, employers pay that top end, um, but not many. Um, so it ranges from about £125 right through to about £300, okay? And at the bottom, I've put a little grid there that shows an apprenticeship rate, um, minimum £4.15. Um, each April, every April, the government changes that rate. So whether it changes again this April coming 2021, I'm not sure at this moment in time. 
but then a normal job four pound fifty five um six pound forty five for 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 eighteen to twenty and then it goes up as as your age band <coughs> increases um so 125 right up to 300 and as you can imagine if you are aiming for the higher end the application process is probably a lot harder and the opportunities are probably less than than that you'd imagine so you know and it's very competitive if you're going for the top end um which again i'll come to in a minute but but pay although it's important and it's very attractive it should not be the 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 only um a focus for, for, for many people. The pay is again dependent on the level of apprenticeship as well. So level two, a lot of them will be around 125 to 200. Level three might be 200 plus, and then level four or five might be above 200. But that's only a guide. It can vary, it can be different uh, depending on the level. And remember, you can start off at level two, and then you can progress within the company. So, you know, don't just go for a level four, don't just think about level three. If you start off at level two, you're in the organization, you're working for a company, and you can very quickly move up um, to level three, level four, um, and that page, uh, sorry, the pay uh, band increases while you're in that organization as well. Um, so, you know, the money will increase, the opportunities will increase, um, but don't limit yourself just because you think you're capable of doing a level four and level three. Um, you know, take the opportunity. That's what I'm trying to say. Wherever the job, whatever apprenticeships there are, take the opportunity and then see where that takes you. And most in the main, employers will progress you from a level two to level three and a level four in, in, in most cases. Okay. So, um, more school leavers and college leavers if you think about um where you've been for the last 10 12 years you've been in education for a long long time some of you might have had a part-time job um and you've not been in a world of work um as much as um you know all the people if an employer is gonna um, um is gonna take you on they are expecting um, uh, great things from you. Uh, they, you know, they are employing you, they are paying your wages of 700, 800 pounds every month. So they are expecting uh, skills and attributes that you have that you can bring to the organization. Also the knowledge and skills that you've achieved through your qualification. So at school, uh, um, uh, college, possibly even university, because you apply for apprenticeships, they want to see that you can use those uh, skills at college and university and the knowledge and the qualifications within the company. Uh, and you've got to show that on your applications. Okay. So employers have really high expectations from uh, an apprentice. Uh, they want to see that you can bring in um, all the attributes that you've gained over, over um, the period that you've been in education. Employers need to see a positive attitude as well uh, demonstrated, and you know these are these are these are points that I'm making, which are quite obvious because they are obviously uh, investing in you as an individual. They want to see positive uh, attitude demonstrated at the point of interview and even on the application as well. Okay, in order to for you to be successful, 
all the essential skills needed for, for the job and that you worked on at school and college, uh, you'll have to demonstrate that on, on your application and the interview uh, as well, which I think I'll talk about a little bit in, in, in a minute as well. Apprenticeships can be competitive. Um, remember, it's a job. You're applying for a job. Um, and many, many people uh, will be applying for that particular one job or five jobs or how many, whatever jobs there are for that organisation. Um, there'll be many people applying. In the current climate, with many uh, people being made redundant, it will be even more competitive. Uh, just uh, I wanted to mention that as well because of the current COVID climate and your know, retailers are closing down, uh, many people being made redundant. Is I think it's going to be quite uh, uh, even more competitive than it's ever been um, with 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 um, really applying for jobs and apprenticeships. So it can be a, a, a competitive. This is where um, I'm going back a slide. Um, and it's, it goes without saying that if you want to apply for the good jobs, the big organisations, the companies that give good training and pay well, obviously more and more people will apply for those top end jobs. Okay, so even more competitive for those for those areas. Okay, on your application, when you do your application, you've got to then highlight all the skills that you've gained. And going back to my original starting point, where I said, if you've been at college, if you've been at school, how do you how do you then demonstrate those skills? Because you've not worked as much. You might have had a part time job, but how do you uh, demonstrate those? And I think many young people forget being at school and being at college, you've already gained a lot of skills that you don't recognise, okay? So Ben, can when I just, um, I, I, there's a question that's come up that kind of links <clears throat> in with skills and other employers, et cetera. Um, yeah. A question that's come up that when you look at the comparison from education perspective and an apprenticeship perspective, um, if say for instance, five years time, if they want to apply for another job in another company, if someone went down the educational route and another person went down to apprenticeship route, would one person be given more advantage than the other or how would you um, suggest in that? <clears throat> Yeah, um, it's hard to say because individual employers would would look at um, <clears throat> the individual applications uh, differently. My view is, um, if you've been in education, if you've if you've gained a degree, if you've been to college and done A levels, obviously you've done a, quite a lot of um, uh, study, um, and and it doesn't mean it, you know it, it's not worthy of 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 mention. <clears throat> However, if you've had an apprenticeship you've worked in an organization, you've gained those work-related experience and skills, okay? And then on an application, you're able to talk about those skills and give examples, because a lot of, when you do your applications for any job, sometimes they want you to mention examples. Give us an example of when you've used um, communication skills. Give an example of when you've worked, when you've been in a situation, um, uh, where you've been stressful and stuff. So your applications, you're able to relate to your work experience um, possibly better than somebody who, who's been at university or college. But, you know, so from my personal perspective, you know, um, sometimes you're able to, to write a better application in five years' time <clears throat> when you are going for promotion or when you are going for other job. But some employers may say we prefer a degree 
So, I'll, you know, towards the end, towards my latter uh, slides, I do talk about a comparison between a university advantages and apprenticeships anyway. But it just depends on individual employers. Some employers will say, no, we want somebody with a degree from the start, from the outset. Um, so that way, you know, other people might benefit. But, but yes, in terms of skills, in terms of uh, progression and promotion, somebody who's been in a work environment is able to write possibly a better application because they can mention examples and uh, they've seen um, what goes on in, in a workplace. Does that answer the question? Uh, yeah, yeah, just happened there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, going back to um, college and, and um, uh, school leavers, um, I, I always find when people are writing a personal statement or CV, they really struggle, especially school and college, because young people don't recognise that they've already gained skills um, um, and, and, and because they've never had to write about themselves, they, they, they struggle quite a bit. Um, and these are just examples, but I think sometimes when you sit with an adult, you can actually churn out quite a lot of skills that you've already possessed, which young people actually don't see for themselves. Willing to learn. Um, these are employer skills that are, uh, you've been in school, you've been at college, okay? That obviously shows that you're willing to learn because you've been learning. Commitments. If you finish school, if you finish your college uh, qualification, that's a commitment. You've already shown commitment to, to be at school, be at college and finish commitment. So what I'm saying here when I go along these some of these skills, you can relate when you're doing an application to college. Um, even home, if you do charity work, if you work at Madrasa as well, I've done loads of references um, when I've been at Madrasa for teachers who've applied for jobs. Um, and I get asked these questions. And, you know, um, so wherever you've been, whether it's been at school, college, doing charity work, whether you've worked at Madrasa or wherever, you can talk about some of these skills quite, quite, quite often. Um, Dependable, reliable, uh, self-motivated. If you're at school and college or university, you've got to do your assignments. You've got to do your coursework. Surely that shows that you're self-motivated. And the last one, where it's a self-management, you're managing your time, you're managing your workload. So what I'm saying here is that when you do an example, when you see a job advertised, apprenticeship, and you start writing an application and they ask for skills and they ask for examples, I know young people could get scared off thinking, well, how am I going to show commitment? How am I going to show teamwork? Um, use college, use school, because you've used all these skills in college as well. And you can give examples of teamwork. I know everybody <clears throat> at school and college and university work with others. You do group work. Um, um, you do group assignments. Um, communication skills, you use them all the time. So you've got to then you know, think about these skills that, 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 that they ask for, okay? Um, and these are the skills that, and that the employees are asking for anyway, okay? So use um, examples within college and university as well. So um, not just that you've been in workplace. If you've had a part-time job, again, you can mention some of these skills in, uh, from, from the part-time job that you've had as well. Um, prepare yourself. So. Again, going back, and I have said this a few times um, um, when I did my personal statement, um, 
people can prepare themselves for an apprenticeship or a job, okay? Employers will always look for uh, uh, good skills that you've gained, all right? How can you gain these skills? And I keep mentioning this, and, uh, and I can't say it enough. Most people who go to school and uh, a university and college, 90% of the people will gain their qualification because that's what you're there for. The job of a college and university and school is to make sure that you've got the highest qualification. They all work on targets, schools, colleges and universities. So 90, 95% of people will get their qualifications. So an employer finds it even more difficult to then employ somebody or, or shift through the applications, not just based on their qualifications. And, and I'm giving my home example because my daughter's in an uh, um, apprenticeship. I know when she was writing her application, she was able to talk about lots of other extracurricular activity, other skills that you, she's used. Um, and I'm going to give you examples, extracurricular activity, things like first aid course at university, uh, they offer um, and college, they offer that at schools, they offer for you to be prefects, they offer you to be a student council. And I know a lot of people shy away because it's extra work, you know, I can't be bothered doing that. But I think people don't realise that when you do your application for uh, a job and you can write these things, your application becomes a lot more worthy um, of progressing than, than other people. So things like you know being a prefect at school, joining in clubs and societies, um, doing charity work in schools, out of schools, um, gaining other skills like first aid course or any other course. Um, during lockdown, I was talking to somebody and they said I did um, a short course with Cambridge University. And I thought, yeah, you should write that on your application. So any additional stuff that you do looks a lot better on an application than just your qualification. Um, so, you know, prepare yourself for an apprenticeship. Do things in lockdown. When you're at home, you can sign up for short courses. You can sign up for um, first aid. At school, colleges, you can do first aid courses and other things. If you do charity work, volunteering, then you know even if it's for a few weeks, you can mention that on um, on your application. So I always stress this quite a lot to a lot of people. You know, ninety five percent of people will get a qualification. Then the employer has to look at well, what else has this person got that makes them employable? And then these are the things, the extra clinical activity that stand out a lot more than the, than other people. Um, <clears throat> enable you to gain workplace more quickly than they move up the ladder. So we mentioned that um, if you're in workplace, uh, you can gain more skills. If you've got a part-time job or had a part-time job, that's even better because then you can mention the skills that you've had as part of the job that you've done. And you can mention the skills that you've, that you've gained there. Okay, so um, the application process. Um, and I mentioned this earlier, some of the big organisations, the reason why they start early, like November, December, January, is because the process can be quite a long-winded process. And by the time they get to employing somebody, it might be May, June before they appoint somebody. And the reason for that, and again, I'll give you some of the big organisations ex example. You know, if it's a job that's paying well, it's an, a degree apprenticeship. Um, 
it's paying well um, and it's a well sought after apprenticeship, they will get a good five, 600 application for one job. Okay. And they have to use all these, all the processes I've mentioned here to shift through to get to the best three, four, five, six people, how many, how, how many are they employing? So they have to start early. Just to sort of warn people that it's not just as normal. And again, when I talk to uh, a lot of young people at college, when I ask them to write a personal statement and a CV, they always say, oh, I've got one from school, I've had one previously. Those CVs for part-time jobs are very different to ones that you apply for for, for a full-time job. Um, <clears throat> so you need to brush up on your personal statements, bring it up to date. CV, if it's outdated, you need to add things onto it because when you apply, then you know your CV has to be updated. So application process usually starts obviously with an application form. Application forms can actually take a while as well because there's a lot of detailed information that goes into application forms as well. Online assessment, so that could be the next stage. So once your application is processed and it goes through, the employer might say, okay, we want you to do an online assessment. That could be like an aptitude test just to see um, your ability uh, in doing um, verbal reasoning and that sort of thing. Maths and English assessment. So they might actually do a maths and English assessment. Group interviews um, and one-to-one. -one. So you could finish off with a final one-to-one -one interview before they take you on. So I wanted to mention this because I wanted people to be aware that it's not straightforward as making an application and somebody saying yes and no. Be prepared that all these processes may take place. Some organisations might use just a couple of these. Some will use all this process. Um, so just be prepared um, that it might take a while before you hear from an organisation um, once you've done your application form. Um, and I've put this in bold. Make your application stand out. Okay. Highlight your skills. So this is going back to what I've said. You know, your skills that you've gained through your um, part-time job, your, your enrichment activity, anything that you've done outside, talk about, don't be shy to talk about things that you've done outside college, okay? Your knowledge, your qualifications, read about the employer. If you're applying for an apprenticeship, read. They want to know that you are dead keen and you know a little bit about the organisations because at the interview now, you guarantee that you get asked about the company. What do you know about us? What what can you tell about our company? What can you tell us about the job that you've applied for? They want you to have done some research about the company. So knowledge and then your qualification, um, <clears throat> as well as your passion and desire. How desperately do you want the job? And sometimes it comes out on an application, more so in an interview, but... Um, you can show a little passion and desire on your application as well. So you've got to make your application really good, make it stand out, talk about things that you've done, um, get somebody to read it as an adult, whether it's in the household or somewhere else, get somebody to read. Um, and at this stage, I will mention, you know, get somebody to read, spell check, um, make sure you've not done any spelling mistakes and all that. Those are really important highlighted points. 
And the final thing is, um, the, sorry, just going back to the top, application forms, read the job descriptions because they want you to base your application form on the job descriptions because they're giving you a job description. That is what they want from you and what that's what the job entails. When you write your job application, they want you to mention things that you've done that relate to the job description. If you miss those essentials, okay, um, then they will not even look at your application. The essentials on a job a job um, advert um, are the ones that you have to talk about. You have to mention those essentials because that's what they want from you. So you've got to talk about those skills that you've gained um, on an application. So when you see a job description and you read a job, Sometimes they say these are essentials. The essentials you have to mention and you have to talk about. Desirables, um, although it says desirable, if you've got it, it's better to mention all the desirables as well. And your application stands a better chance of, of progressing. Okay. So read the application, read the job description, mention everything that's highlighted on a on a job uh, on a job advert. And you know. There's a difference between bragging, over bragging about yourself and being overconfident, okay? Um, and you've got to find that fine line. Uh, I don't see any harm in being overconfident on your application, even at interviews, but don't brag. There's a difference between sort of bragging a little bit and being overconfident, because that's what they want to see. They want to see a confident young person applying for a job. And then the final, under current COVID conditions, um, it's going to, I'm not sure, but it's going to be unlikely that lot, any face-to-face -face, um, interviews possibly might be taking place. I don't know. It's, it's really difficult to say. At the moment, I do feel for young people leaving school and leaving college because Employers, obviously, we know, we watch the news, retailers, retailers are closing down. Opportunities might be slightly less than they were in the previous years. You might not see as many job opportunities um, that you would have done maybe in 12, month, 12 months ago or two years ago. Um, but there are lots of, lots of other opportunities. When it comes to the interview process, in the main, um, most um the interview process may take online you may not even get seen face to face but then again it, it might be different so I, it's hard to say at this moment in time because we've not been in this position um just to just to let you know the job that i've got now my job was it was all done online and, and i didn't see the person face to face so you know, it's, it's, it's unlikely that you'll get to see some people face to face two, three times. Maybe if the final one to one interview, they might want to see you. Um, group interviews, obviously, they can't do that because it was, um, they want to see whether you, how you cope in a, in a group situation. But the online assessments would definitely take place. So it's difficult to say at this stage um, how your interview process will be. But, the, you know, the top three will definitely take place. And then final one-to-one -one might be face-to-face, -face, but um, but obviously we are under very difficult um, circumstances um, and each employer will play differently. So just be aware, a lot of your application and interview and assessments may take up online 
and you might need to read up on how to do um, Skype interviews. Um, sorry, I'm hesitating because um, at some point, uh, Molina, maybe in January, somebody ought to do um, a session on interview and interview techniques and what to watch out for. And yeah, how to so I think that that might be a session in itself at some point, but yeah, sure. interview is, is important because I think that would be, you know, um, a lot more used. It might not be Skype, but it might be on Zoom or whatever interviews mm. taking place and things to be watching out for. Um, so that might be a, a session for, for the future. Yeah. Yeah, um, I just question just come in uh, in regards to, I guess, I think you might be speaking of CVs in there, but the question just come in here um, to say that, does that mean you can't have a CV that fits all? Um, because obviously different employers might ask for different things um, when you're applying for apprenticeships. Yeah, no, good question. Um, a CV, um, in order to write a CV, um, you ought to have a standard um, general CV that you apply to most jobs, okay? You can tweak your CV a little bit. With a CV, there's always a cover letter that goes with the CV. The cover letter um, mentions the job that you're applying for, the specific job. So your CV remains quite general, okay? You can change it a little bit here and there, but it always remains quite general. You always attach a cover letter with a CV. The cover letter then becomes um, specific for the job that you're applying for. So in the cover letter, you will mention your specific skills that you have, the specific knowledge that you have for that job. So when I talked about reading the job description for, for the apprenticeship or for the job, you have to then mention those skills in the cover letter and keep your CV broad. So your CV basically is your life uh, so far. So you're keeping it quite general in terms of qualification, but your cover letter will then go break it down further and talk about the specific skills for that job that you're applying for. Okay. Um, and that sort of leads on to the next slide. Um, uh, so if you are interested, and like I said, you know, apply for both. If you're at college, if you're at school, apply for college. So you've got your college place. By the time you get to January, you'll have had your college place um, and it's virtually sort of guaranteed. If you're at college and applying for university, by January, um, you by January or possibly February, you will have had your um, university place confirmed as well, okay? And then apply for apprenticeships. Start looking at apprenticeships and apply and then see what happens. And then the ball's in your court. So, you know, that's what I would aim for and that's what I recommend uh, people should do. Talk to friends, talk to family members, um, word of mouth, um, if you speak to any business people, advertising and, uh, and anywhere else, word of mouth is the best form of, of, of advertising. If you talk to friends, if you talk to family members, if they're working in an organisation, there's a very good chance that they can then talk to their employer um, and get you in that organization a lot more easier than, than, than you would if you try and um, apply individually as well. So talk to friends, talk to family members. Um, they will advise you. Um, they will talk to their employers wherever they're working and they can get you in that organization where they work as well. So that's a good, always a good starting point. 
talk to your school, college, university. There's always advisors at school and college. You can talk to them. They will give you advice on uh, apprenticeships, what different apprenticeships are, are out there. And colleges, um, maybe not as much as school, but colleges are always getting um, apprenticeships sent to them. So they'll always know about different employers who are advertising. Um, <clears throat> and start your research, prepare a personal statement. This is what I said last time I was on. Um, whether you're applying for university or not, everybody, young people should have a personal statement um, because when you do your application, um, as part of writing uh, a statement about yourself, your personal statement is something you can use quite, quite, quite often. Okay, so you know, brush up on your personal statement or start one if you've not started one. And what we've just mentioned here, CV, get your CV updated. And then CV can be quite general, um, but um, the cover letter can be quite specific. From my experience though, um, applying for an apprenticeship, a CV is rarely used. For an apprenticeship, it's mainly a job uh, application process, online application. Um, but there may be cases that you might get asked about uh, uh, attaching your CV. So get these ready, get a CV ready, get a personal statement ready. Um, and then you you know, if you see a job, then at least you're ready to apply. Because the other thing I've probably not put on the slides as well, some have closing dates. And if you see a job and the closing dates in three days time, then you're sort of scuffling quickly to write a CV and personal statement. You know, if you've got it there, then at least then you can start sending CVs and personal statements and applications off quicker because you've got all that um, um, ready. <clears throat> um, some really good websites out there for apprenticeships as well. .gov is, is the obvious one. Career Map is a really good one. Um, not going to uni, yes, that's a website that exists, yeah, um, and it's supposed to be quite good, that one as well. Amazing Apprenticeships, um, National Career Service um, is, a, is a good place where you can search for apprenticeships. But also, if you want to work for British Aerospace or um, uh, Rolls-Royce or Jaguar or BMW or whoever, whichever company, civil service, you can go directly to their company websites as well and they will tell you about apprenticeships on their company websites as well um, so don't be afraid to go directly onto company websites or if you want a general search you can go onto uh, any um, um, apprenticeship websites as well there are quite quite a lot of good ones uh, uh, as well um, <clears throat> I was going to share this, but obviously you want to see. Um, in the next week, um, World Skills um, and through college where I used to work, we used to take three, four buses to Birmingham because there's a big um, skills apprenticeship um, um, at the NEC in Birmingham um, show. It's a, it's a skills show and loads of organizations were there but they're doing it all online. So if you are interested, there'll be some live talkers from British Aerospace and other engineering companies, worldskillsuk.org. And I think it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There's loads of speakers, talks um, based on apprenticeship. So worldskillsuk.org, 
and all these different um, websites are, are, are really good too. Um, <clears throat> I think I'm coming towards the end, but I just thought um, it's worth mentioning because I think this is where people are always asking, oh, what should I do? Should I apply for university? What are the advantages? What are the disadvantages? And I just thought I'll, I'll just mention this before I finish. Um, university, um, if you want to go towards a, uh, an occupation where it involves becoming a doctor or a dentist or a, a handful of other occupations, then you will need a degree. You know, that's a specific requirement for that occupation. So, you know, there's no apprenticeship route. So depending on what you want to do, it might be worth looking at. But doctors, dentists, um, um, I can't think of many more um, optimistry, but you can do that with apprenticeship as well nowadays. Um, how, do your research, but, you know, some occupations will only want degrees. So um, that's the advantages of, of, of university. A university, and this is an important point, you can choose your degree, whichever degree you want to do at university, you decide which one you want to do. When you get employed as an apprentice, you are doing a qualification based on the job that you are, you've taken on, okay? So you don't get to choose which qualification, you don't get to choose which degree through an apprenticeship, it's what they are offering as part of the job, okay? So I'm not saying that's a disadvantage, but it's just something to, to, to bear in mind, okay? So if you go to university, you decide, you choose an apprenticeship, because you've chosen a job area, it's related to the job, okay? So NVQ or a degree is based around that job. Um, again, the third point is not always the case, but from my experience as well, when I look for jobs sometimes, the first thing it says, have you got a degree? So some employers for some jobs will immediately say, we want a degree. So if you go to university and you've got a degree, you've got a degree for life, nobody can take that away from you. But sometimes promotion can become a little bit easier because you've got a degree. And some jobs, like I said, will ask for the first thing say, we need a degree, first class degree or second class degree. Um, and then you're able to apply for that job more than the people who haven't um, got 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 um, a degree. And like I said, once you've got it, you've got it for life. Um, <clears throat> whereas an apprenticeship, now you know, everybody knows, if you go to university, you've got to take out um, a student loan uh, over a four-year period or three-year period. So with an apprenticeship, the advantage is there's no long-term student loans to pay back, all right? So again, Financially, you are better off, but I always say, don't make that a decision um, because sometimes, like I said, univer uh, university, although you come out with a student, um, um, I don't like calling it a debt, it's an investment because an investment, you've got yourself a degree. So it's an investment. Although you're paying money back, you've got a degree and you've got a degree for life. So it's more of an investment than a, than a debt. Um, with an apprenticeship, real life work experience, um, that's what you're gaining. And that's a question that came in earlier, but you're gaining real life work experience uh, as part of an apprenticeship. You're gaining on the job training and qualification. So whether it's an MVQ um, or a degree, 
not all employers will offer a degree and i've talked about degrees only the big companies the big organizations will offer a degree others will offer an mvq level two level three and then possibly that's it but there's nothing stopping you continuing doing your degree part-time while working through that uh, job um, so you can do a part-time degree yourself once you finish your apprenticeship and you're working for that company and the other advantage of an apprenticeship you're getting paid from the start so you start getting paid um so yeah apprenticeship financially you're a lot better off um but degree you know once you've got a degree you've got it for life and you know the opportunities um for universities can be endless but like i said apprenticeships are becoming a lot more acceptable in terms of um promotion within the organization um uh, uh, as well okay and, and i know brother Mosin might might say a few words later on about his experience uh, um working in the civil service and how he got in <clears throat> um and i think i've, I've finished uh, any if there's any questions Mosin, from the panel from um the chat rooms anything um or you might want to mention yeah, we do have a few questions. Um, first question was in regards to obviously when you were comparing the university and the apprenticeships, um, you mentioned in regards to the degree. Uh, what if the apprenticeship is actually providing a degree? Uh, would that be classed as the same as a degree from a university or would it be different? Yeah, good question. Yes, it's absolutely yes. The degree offered through an apprenticeship is a validated university degree. Um, so yes, the degree that's offered through an apprenticeship is is a is um is a, is a degree most of the time not all the time most of the times through an apprenticeship it's obviously because you're working it's a part-time degree so it's going to take longer a normal degree through full-time university takes three years through an apprenticeship it's going to take possibly five years because you're doing it part-time most apprenticeship degrees are done through a college it's a fully pledged degree rubber stamped by a university but you're doing it at a college because it's just convenient um for 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 an organization to tie themselves with a college a local college uh, just to give you an example my daughter's at blackpool and file college doing her degree um in, and she's in her fifth year but obviously british aerospace have sort of tied themselves with um, Blackpool and File College because it's a local college and they offer a full degree. So yes, through an apprenticeship, if you are doing a degree, it's a, it's, it's a validated proper degree, um, but it just takes longer because it's a part-time degree. Yeah, that. Um, another question is that if you're working in an apprenticeship, are you contractually locked into that company for a certain number of years or can you leave the apprenticeship and just get another job if you wanted to? Um, yes, good question again. Um, from what I, it could be different, but if an organization is investing money in your apprenticeship for two, three, possibly even four years, contractually, um, they may say that you have to stay with them for another two years. So once you finish your apprenticeship, they may in their contract say that, you know, we would like you to stay for at least another two years before you move on to another job. Otherwise, 
you may have to pay back money for the degree that you've done okay which is which is known and i've known it to happen in the past but some companies may not um um you know and it's understandable you know if a, if a company is paying for your qualifications at nvq and nvq3 which is obviously a little bit cheaper than a degree um but remember a degree are, are worth about nine thousand pounds a year so if over a three four year period if they're investing 30, 35,000 pounds to pay for your degree and you don't have to pay a penny towards it, it's understandable that in the contract, they may build in that, you know, <clears throat> they want you to stay for at least 12 months or two years before you move on. Um, and so yeah, different companies might have different stance, but I'd be surprised if, if an organization didn't somewhere tie in that you know you, they want you to sort of stay on um, for at least twelve months or two years before you move on. Oh, um, just two more questions that I have at the moment. Uh, unless if anyone else has any questions, then do send them in, inshallah. Uh, the, another one that's come through is: Can you do an apprenticeship that allows you to work and study at the same time? I'm guessing they were uh, asking in the perspective of working separate to the current, obviously, because apprenticeships are a job as well as studying. That's the whole idea of it. I'm guessing they're meaning in terms of part-time work elsewhere, whilst you're doing the apprenticeship and studying with them. Um, for, 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 for different companies, yeah. So, yeah, yes, you can, you can work part-time elsewhere and get an apprenticeship at the same time. Yes, you can do that if, if that's what they mean, yeah. Um, so you can work part-time somewhere else and continue to work somewhere else. Apprenticeship, like I said, it's a job. So it's working from nine to five. I know there's no nine to five jobs anymore, but um, it's working to nine to five. So if you want to work part-time in the evenings at the weekends, you can do that separately, but your apprenticeship is a, and the qualifications you get is based on the, the full-time job uh, that, that, that you are doing. And the part-time work is, 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 um, is a separate entity in itself. I think if that, is that what it means? Yeah, I, th I think that's what it probably yeah. means because obviously, <clears throat> generally speaking, apprenticeships are work and studying at the same time. Um, and it ties in well, to be honest, with the fact that obviously, as, as I mentioned, that uh, my experience with apprenticeships, I personally did an apprenticeship as well uh, with the civil service. And um, a question that's actually come up uh, was that um, my parents are originally from the Indian continent uh, and have that mindset of you're only successful if you go to university. Um, I think you put it down very nicely there where you made the, um, the comparisons. Um, but they're, they're asking that, have you come across any brothers and sisters who have succeeded through the apprenticeship route as opposed <clears throat> to the university route and um, so that they can give some a bit, of a, a bit of a word of wisdom to them as well so that they can get a bit of an understanding of how uh, apprenticeship is equally as, um, yeah. as accreditable as, as a university degree. Um, yes, in, in many cases, for, as far as I'm concerned, um, you know, in particular, if you get to, you know, um, uh, was it two weeks ago when Brother talked about uh, uh, the big four, KPMG and yeah. um, PwC and, and those organisations, um, and I know those are the top end um, qualifications and organisations, but those are, are successful people who've been through the, through the channels through and got an apprenticeship um whether it's graduate apprenticeship or just through uh, after leaving college um 
you they've worked their way up and, and, and got into the organization. And then once you're in that organization and got the qualifications, <clears throat> some of the large organizations want to keep you because they've invested in you and they will open up doors, open up opportunities for 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 you within that organization as a team leader, as a manager, and they want you to continue to um to progress in in those organizations. I've known people working at British Aerospace who've got in, um, done their degree over the four or five years, and then gone on to, um, you know, again, becoming team leaders and managers. Um, again, I'm, I'm giving examples of British Aerospace because they're an international uh, employer. Opportunities for people to then go abroad, especially in the Middle East, to do project work, project management, um, and do three, four years there and then come back again. Um, um, I've known people, no, I know I'm, I'm talking a lot about, but I also know people who've done become like car mechanics. You know, you can get apprenticeships working in garages, working as a car mechanic. Um, I've known people who've started an apprenticeship as an electrician, a plumber, um, when I used to work at a college. Um, you know, people signed up, did the course, and now they are now fully pledged electricians and plumbers and um, making a lot more money than I am. So, so yes, it can it can lead to some better things and and um, more prosperous uh, um, work um, later on. Jazakallah. Um, okay, so obviously, as as requested, um, I'll just mention briefly about my experience. Um, yes. As, as you mentioned, Samantha, obviously, yeah. I worked for civil service, um, and I actually went in through the apprenticeship scheme, the fast track apprenticeship scheme, um, back in two thousand and fifteen. And at that point, obviously, a top tip which you mentioned, and it made me smile at that point, because that's exactly what I did in regards to applying for university and applying for apprenticeship both. Um, mm. I was actually thinking of going to apprenticeship, then decided that, well, maybe the, um, so I was thinking of going to university, um, but then an apprenticeship opportunity came up. Um, and that's where I uh, decided to just apply for it. I actually got my place in university. I got my student finance was sorted. My accommodation was sorted. Everything was in place. Um, and then when results day came, I was told that I got accepted onto apprenticeship scheme on the same day as I was told about the universities. Um, and that was when I had to make my decision where whether I go down the apprenticeship route or whether I go down to university. Um, and now I can say that I'm very uh, glad that I took that route of the apprenticeship um, because Alhamdulillah now, like, as you say, in, as you do an apprenticeship, there's many ways to progress. Um, when I first started, um, I was doing a very basic role, um, but uh, the pay in civil service generally through the fast track apprenticeship is is the normal pay at that grade. So whatever grade I went into as, as uh, that's the normal pay that you get paid um, when you go into the civil service uh, because I did the level four higher apprenticeship um, in business management. Um, but it's kind of, kind of, as you say, you can gradually build up whilst you're in the, in the business, in the company. And Alhamdulillah, now I'm on a managerial role um, where I have a lot of responsibility in terms of IT side or in the systematic side, the changes around the company, etc. So I myself, Alhamdulillah, can say that I'm very glad I went down the apprenticeship route as opposed to the university route. And obviously, as you say, now, if I wanted to go to university part time, I'm free to do so. That I've completed the apprenticeship. I've completed um, my studies in that sense. I've got a secure job at the same time. If I wanted to, I can still go back and do university. Um, 
but with the fast track apprenticeship, I think um, that as many other apprenticeships are, as you said, that the age levels are not there anymore. They used to be where they used to be, but mainly for 16 to 24 year olds. Um, I remember when I started, I had someone who was a car salesman and he had started uh, at the age of 35 and he decided he wanted to do an apprenticeship. So he joined um, the same apprenticeship that I was on. Um, so that was my experience with the apprenticeships. And I, I obviously, when I teach in Madrasa, et cetera, I, I mentioned to the students there when they asked me that, was, what did you do? How did you end up where you are now? Um, and that's where I try to um, explain to them that um, it, it, the opportunities, when they come, we just got to take them. Um, I think that's, that's the reality of it. You've got to take the opportunities as they come. And with civil service, if anyone wants any ideas as to the different apprenticeships in civil service, um, civil service is quite widespread. So the apprenticeships are always going out. Um, even now at the moment, you'll find at least, at least about 10, 15 different apprenticeships um, available across the um, civil service. So they are wide, wide a range available. Um, and as you say, there's, there's a lot of different opportunities out there. Um, one last question that's just come in, uh, from one person yeah. is as to uh, that they completed their apprenticeship in railways, uh, but is now jobless. How can I get a job and opportunities? Okay. Um. What? Yeah. What? You know, apprenticeship. Like I said earlier, it is a job. It's a job that has been employed uh, through an organisation. Now, under current circumstances, obviously there may be redundancies. There may be cutbacks. They may, you know, they may lose their lose lose a job. So, um, nothing's guaranteed in, in that sense. So, once you've done your apprenticeship, once you've gained your qualification, um. To get another job, it, you know, it, it's just like applying for another job. Now, you've got to then mention all the skills and work experience that you've gained through that apprenticeship um, on your next applications. Now, um, uh, did, did you say it was National Rail, uh, a rail network, was it? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, in railways. Yeah, yeah. Um, railways. Uh, um, so it's more engineering um, and construction related. Um, uh, so you've got to use your 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 strengths and your skills that you've gained and your qualifications that you've gained um, to apply for the next job through that. Um, now, I know I've mentioned NVQs, but it's not always NVQs that are offered. Some organisations will offer their own um, training on the job training uh, with their own certified qualifications. So NVQs are the common ones and the degree through universities, but um, places like National Rail may offer their own uh, standardised um, qualifications, but nevertheless, it's highlighting all the skills that you've gained by working and doing an apprenticeship um, that's obviously going to get you the, the, the next job. Yeah, I mean, you could obviously add as well in terms of the levels, depending on what level they did, could they possibly apply for a higher level um, or would they have to? Yeah. Um, it, you can you can apply for higher level definitely, but you know just to, just just to get back into work, just to get back into an organisation, you know don't limit yourself to to a higher position. You know maybe try and get back into a company, into an organisation at the level that you're working at. I know it's not easy for people to go back to a lower level, but don't dismiss it completely because. You know, like I said earlier, and like we all know, with so many redundancies, so many companies cutting back, so many organisations closing down, 
opportunities this next 12 months might be far less than there has ever been. And it's worth coming back down to a starting level and then working your way up in, a, in an organization. So if you see a job advertised in a company that you think, you know what, I can do this job, but it is slightly low pay or it's always worth getting back in, into work because I, I always believe that, you know, working is obviously it's better than not working, but getting back into work and then working your way up again is it, it might be a, a thing to do. And sometimes you can move up very quickly in, in an organisation depending on your skills. Because if you've got the skills, if you've got the qualifications, then the opportunities will then come back. And in 12 months' time, inshallah, you know, COVID might no longer be there and, you know, the economy might be sort of um, moving back up again. So things might improve again um, and your skills that you've got will move you up the ladder quickly more than anybody else.